recording? We are recording. We, we potting it up. We're are, pod people. Are we? Are we wizards? We're pod. People. We don't cast spells though. We cast pods. I don't think I get that reference. What I'd like you to do later on, I'd like you to listen to the message that I re- recorded for you while you stepped out of the room, and then I'd like you to decide if you'd like to put that on the podcast. You, you listen. You can do whatever you want, but just know I insult you a lot, and I call your mother some names I'm not proud of. And I called your mother. She had a lot of things to say, too. <laughs> she added to it. <laughs> it was bad. I have a list of bullet points <laughs> I want to share with you. And the list typically starts with obesity and ends on a positive note. <laughs> it's okay. No. I am what I eat. Mm, what? Obese obesity? people? <laughs> obese people. <laughs> you guys are delicious. <laughs> You're a fat guy. Well, I am what I eat. Fat guys? <laughs> <laughs> No, just fat. Uh, just eat fat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway. We're going into this podcast blank with no agenda because from what I remember, some of our best podcasts in the past have been just Brandon and I being Brandon and I. Winging it. Winging it like, mm-hmm. like wing, wing men. I would like to start off with just... Uh, no. Okay, go ahead. Happy post-holidays. Happy post-Malone days. Season's changing, I'm going to Christmas. So we did not post two weeks ago. New Year's Eve. So we've been in every two weeks thing since we started back up. Another holiday. We skipped two weeks ago because it was right in the middle of the holidays. So I hope everyone had a good holiday. Is President's Day in January? Mm, I thought that was in... I don't know. They got their own day. No, something's in February. They got their own day. No, George Washington Day is I always feel bad about it. Uh... I know uh, Groundhog Day is in is probably the nearest. Oh my goodness! You know what? I was asking what party Ashley and I should have at our house, like which holiday we should take. Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. And we just watch. <laughs> we'll just have we'll watch Groundhog's and Day. We'll watch Groundhog's over Day over and over again, though. Expect a podcast to be released. We're that's gonna, just a repeat. We're going to Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. We're just going to keep watching it on repeat over and over again. Is there a soundtrack? See, see if it changes to Groundhog's Day. Seasons change, but I don't know about the movie. Yeah, is there a soundtrack? To Groundhog's Day. You remember? Probably like, not. That, that's like a recent thing. That's not a 1980s I don't know if thing. I would even say recent. It was like, I'd say when we were in high school, so that's what, 15 years ago, the big thing was to have a soundtrack for like every your, movie. Didn't matter um, what kind of movie it was. And the thing that always blew my mind with those, I don't remember hearing half those songs. And you know why? Because it says either songs in the movie or inspired by the movie. I thought that was the dumbest thing. Or that songs that the movie was inspired by. I guess there would be the third option. Yeah. Uh, if you actually watch, there, there's a Pulp Fiction soundtrack that like half of the songs weren't even in the movie. It was just stuff that Quentin Tarantino just wanted to throw in. But I like that. Um, I like what it's is his it? playlist. That's all. What uh, Ben says from Parks and Rec. He says, I like. I like movie soundtracks because it's like your favorite directors are making a playlist just for you. You know. And I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I can get into that. I think that's sweet. It's pretty sweet. Remember when you used to make your own little playlists and soundtracks and stuff like that? Put them on some CDs. Did you ever do that? I mean, so like mix tapes is yeah. the old school like term, I tapes. guess. Um, like a mix CD. Yeah, those are good days. I, You know, I'm one of those people. I don't know why. There's no real reason for this. So people like singles, right? Because those are the popular songs. People probably like what you heard ladies. on the radio. <laughs> single ladies. All the single ladies. I was one of those people where I could never just have the song. I always wanted the whole album. I used to do that too. And then um, 
Your microphone's getting a little limp, but we're st- we're staring at Brandon's microphone stand as it slowly droops down in slow motion. He got a broken hinge. Uh, so I I used to do that too, and then I bought that Jason Mraz album, the one with it had "I'm Yours" and it had "Lucky." The "I'm Yours." Oh, it's the uh, white you album. Do, dun, dun, me and you better line yes. art of his face. Yes, I don't remember the name of the album. So I bought it yeah. because I'm like, well, there's two great songs in there. It's got to be a great album. So disappointed. Turned out I am not a Jason Mraz fan. It's the same thing for Ed Sheeran. If you ever looked up an Ed Sheeran deep track, not the ones you hear on the radio, just like a different one. He's basically like, oh, an acoustic guitar playing fake Eminem. <laughs> and I really hope somebody gets that to Ed Sheeran because I love him and I love his popular music. And there's a couple songs where I'm like, that's pretty good. But it's because of those songs I would never go to an Ed Sheeran concert. I remember when I was in just not my style, you know. I was in junior high. I was I liked you know Three Doors Down and Nickelback. That's when they weren't Nickelback. So when they weren't totally terrible. I remember I had heard a Three Doors Down song. I'm like, wow, it's a really good song. And I'm like, well, again, I have to get the whole album. And I just remember like that was the only song that was really that style. The rest of the album totally different. It may as well have been a different band that borrowed their lead singer. Yeah. I hated that. Linkin Park did that a lot in their later albums. Because if you look at their first one, uh, was it Hybrid Theory, right? Every one of those songs, relatively consistent in style. That's probably why the whole album was a hit. Yeah. Then you go to the next one and it started to deviate. But by the time you got to, uh, was it Minutes to Midnight? They had like one upbeat, like awesome song. And then the rest was just super chill. Just like all reverb and that's it. Mm. Like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, you can't tease me with your hit song and make me think the rest of the album is going to be killer too. And it's not. See, what's really great is you get that every once in a while. It's like once a year you find that one album that just every last song is a banger. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you only discovered it by the one song. Yep. Like I told you last year, I was super into Justin Timberlake because of one song that I heard on the radio, I, uh, what was it? Um, Man of the Woods or something like that? Well, that was the name of the album. The song was Sauce. Sauce. Yes. You were singing that anytime I saw you. I love your pink. You like my purple. purple. Which I think is a sexual reference. Y- yeah, yes, it's 100% it a sexual well, reference. And then, like, literally the next song is a song about his little baby boy. Like, just, it's, you know, get your... Get in, baby JT. Get in your lane, Justin, and then stay in it. Like, <laughs> um, anyways, no, but, like, that was one where, like, I'm like, oh, you know, I'll check out that song. And I have Apple Music now, so I'm, I'm not actually going to buy the album. I did actually, sorry, I bought the vinyl of that. That's how much I love that album. Can you even play it? Yeah. Do you have a record player? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, my wife does. No. But then I buy vinyls for it. She never listens to it. I don't know. Anyways, um, well, that that was one where all of a sudden I jammed to that album. Had to be like four months in a row. That pretty much made my summer 2018 was that album. I really enjoyed it. The other one was, um, there's that one. I remember uh, Chris Burton getting me into The Killers back in high school. Never liked the killers. I got super into the killers. I love that guy's voice. I still don't know any of their names or anything like that, but I would listen to all of their albums all the time. Um, and the one that got me was, uh, she's telling a boyfriend. He looked like a girlfriend. No, 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 Isn't that Avril Lavigne? Nope. Yep. Hold on. Hold on. That was skater, but you were just saying skater boy. No, 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 no. <laughs> the song I'm thinking of sounds like it's got a cadence to skater boy. Do you want skater boy? So see you later, boy. No, it wasn't that. It was uh, 
Play yourself in May, maybe. No, 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 no. Jealousy turning seasick. Okay, yeah, that's the killers. There you go. Yeah, Yeah, it was that song that got me into it. Skater boy. (laughs) You were just a (laughs) skater boy. He said, see ya later, boy. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hate myself for making that connection. That pisses me off inside drastically. Um. Anyways, that song got me into the killers. That one did not just get me into an album. That got me to an entire genre of music and into the killers entire roster where I still follow them to this day. So it's always nice when you find that one and you get the album and it's killer. I had part of the pun when I was uh, probably junior high again. A lot of my musical influence happened in junior high because that's when I started making my own musical decisions. That's probably the big reason. But (laughs) my cousins listened to. Who made your? Oh, your mom did. Yeah, my. I remember. I this. listened to what my mom listened to, which is why you have like Celine Dion songs stuck in your head. That's Whereas I know Pete Celine Holmes Dion. Salon Dijon. It's, it's, <laughs> welcome to Salon Dijon. Did you, ever, did you ever hear the Pete Holmes album I told you to listen to years ago? No. Where he's like, he's like, sometimes my mom just like she'll say things that are clearly wrong, but to oh, her yes. they're so right. Yes, she's got, but she. It's not like she's mispronounces things like and then acts like she doesn't know. Like who's that singer? Like you know the really good one. What is it? Salon Dijon. She goes no. And Pete, I got tickets for my favorite singer, Salon Dijon. She's gonna sing that song, Big Boat Iceberg. It'll be good. <laughs> Big Boat Iceberg. <laughs> like, like when you don't know the name of something, but you're so confident that it's right. You know, Big Boat Iceberg. You know, Salon Dijon. SNL did a skit off of that. <laughs> They, it was the it was the uh, like translator like parent translator thing, and whenever they said stupid stuff like that, it just what and he'd look at it and it would like read out what they're talking about. So it would say like Celine Dion. Oh yeah, I I interrupted. <clears throat> oh yeah, sorry. sorry. Your so, mom yeah. introduced you to Salon de Jean, but you discovered how. Yeah. So like my whole like pre junior high repertoire was always like pop. So a lot of Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Salon de Jean. So I finally got to branch out and like make my own musical Which, choices. By the way, a lot of those though are the reason why you and your wife connected. Uh, there's some shared stuff though. I think that's she some a, of the shared stuff. Is she that. had a far greater musical palette than I did. Like back when we first met, for for stuff that I would call like mainstream but not pop. Yeah, uh, like she liked a lot of the rock bands like Bush and Stained and all of them. Bush. Bush. Stained. I never cared for Bush. Stained. I like stained. Anyway, hmm. so there was a summer so where so my parents are divorced, and in the summers it would be week on week off with my mom and my dad. Uh, my dad was living down in Holland, where a lot of my family is. His family. Uh, I would go and I'd stay a couple of nights with like my aunt because my cousins Timmy and Joey uh, were there, and they were about my age, a little older than me. But they had like you know remember those big binders of CDs like 50 pages right and each page held uh four discs on each side those are big things yeah i still had it full they had hundreds of cds so i would just sit there and like go through and like you know make face value decisions based on cover art and things like that (laughs) i'd grab a disc pop it in listen to it and decide if i like it or not yeah so one of the bands was because they told me some of their favorite songs was rage against machine killing in the name of got me into that entire genre yeah. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. 
yeah, F you. <laughs> and then um, the other was uh, Tool. So they were really big in a Tool. And uh, Sober was the song that got me hooked, not just on the band, but the genre. So it's just, it was one of those things where it's like total, just almost other end of the spectrum when it came to music. Yeah. And because of like those single songs got me not just into the album, not just into the artist, but into the entire genre of music, which was really sweet, which is funny. Fun fact, Tool and Rage Against the Machine are actually connected. Um, Maynard, who is actually from our area, Scottville, um, specifically, uh-huh. uh, was good friends with... I want to say Wait, like is that the, his first name? Uh, Maynard James Keenan. He's from this area? Originally from like Ohio, but moved up here for high school. What? And what does he do now? He's the lead singer of Tool, A Perfect Circle. He also has a vineyard. Anyway, so that kind of like really opened my musical horizons was just those two songs alone just blasted open the doors. Going from literally Salon de Jean to Rage Against the Machine is just yeah. night and day. See, I was weird when I was a kid because my dad was really into like 60s music. He's really into like the Monkees and the Beatles and everything like that. A lot so of I, the I, bands, I like by the that way. stuff. I, I like that stuff and I always appreciate it. And, and I do really like the Beatles a lot. But that got me into oldies, which I'm still into. I like oldies. But what I got into myself was uh, more, I want to say, I didn't get into Backstreet Boys and Sync. I like Spice Girls for a little bit, but that's just because they were hot. Uh, and I was uh, 11 year old, just exploring my, you know, exploring myself, you know, <laughs> who I am as a young man. Let's exploring yourself as a young man. Got yes. it. And they were very attractive. I'm trying to think who I, who I seriously got into. I was really into stand up comedians at a young age. Yes. Like a lot. I have a lot of stand-up CDs still. Um, that was actually from Cheech and Chong. I feel like in junior high, all of my friends had this one Cheech and Chong CD from the 70s that everybody thought was really funny, even though none of us knew what pot was or anything. We just thought the CD was really funny. Yeah, man. That was bad. I proud. I don't know how that stumbled on me. I do remember how it stumbled on me. That Cheech and Chong CD, I just found on the ground in front of the high school when I was like 12 years old and I just picked it up, put it in the CD player and I'm like, Oh, this is really funny. And then I find out like all of my That's friends good. have that CD from the 1970s. Why is that? I don't know. You found this, you found that outside of the high school, like yeah. out front. I found a CD out front in the high school and What'd that's how find? I got into the pop punk era of my musical history. Uh, someone too. left a good Charlotte CD on the ground. Hmm. It was the one with all the clouds on it. And, uh, I remember what it still worked and it was in the snow and stuff. I, I just remember surprised. what I got really into. I got really into blues when I was a kid. I listened to a lot of like BB King, Eric Clapton, uh, uh, buddy guy. Um, uh, Is that where you get your nickname from? What's his name? No, uncle stop. buddy guy. No, hey, uncle buddy guy. What are you doing? <laughs> no, uh, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, like I, I just really loved blues guitar because I started learning how to play guitar when I was 11 or 12. And I thought that stuff was like top of the line. Cool. And it is still to this day. It's my most fun thing to play. Then I branched out into some rock and stuff like that. But one thing I also got into was classical music. I got really into operas and Luciano Pavarotti and stuff like that. There's one, his song Nessun Dorma. To this day, the climax of that song makes me cry like every time. I don't know if I, you'll have to show that to me. Show you that song. I don't. 
I don't know if I know that or not. Uh, Br- uh, Bryson Beaver introduced me to that. Obviously, he's an opera singer, but he introduced me to opera music, and I really, really like that stuff a lot. I forgot I'm, about Bryson. I had a huge mix of stuff I listened to as well. I, I did not stay inside of one genre. If you look inside my CD case, you will see 80s rock ballads. Mm-hmm. You'll see The Killers. You'll see uh, Van Halen. You'll see I have an Aretha Franklin CD. And a BB King CD and John Mayer and uh, um, some pop stuff. I have uh, trying to remember who is. I have an Usher CD. Usher. I, I liked Usher. Just a weird eclectic, you know, mix of stuff when I was a kid. Good use of the word. Now I'm now I'm very much. I think from my early twenties, I got really into indie music, and I still like that now. I think that's that's probably my favorite right now. Is I like a lot of acoustic cafe style stuff easy listening i do like indie i i just have one complaint it's very relaxing yeah my so i i like indie the genre and i like indie in the true sense of the word as well which is independent indie music to me is not very artistically influential i want to be very clear i really just enjoy listening to it yeah i do not get a lot of inspiration from it for me like the whole so we're going through like a whole shift in the music industry right because we went from yeah, because we own the music industry. So we are going through this whole shit. We we are, for sure. Um, <laughs> you well, might not be. It went from you had to be a band, you had to get found, and then you would get a record deal, you would make so many records, and then you would end up on the radio, and that's how the charts were created, so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, that's all changing because, you know, CD sales, right? That was the last major true format that happened. Yeah. CD sales have dropped Dramastically. (laughs) Dramasturbate? That's a combination of drastic and dramatic. So, you know, I'm going with that. Dramastically. Um, (laughs) So, you know, there's no... I don't know if you uh, heard I said the word dramasturbate. I heard. I was trying to avoid it. Thank you. Nope, go ahead. Uh, Anyway, so, you know, physical sales have dropped. Uh, More people consume, obviously, their music online, whether it's streaming or buying online. Yeah. Thanks to Napster kicking that whole thing off and, you know, people wanting to consume that way. Plus pair that with the iPod and MP3 players and now the streaming services, mobile devices, etc. So everything's changed, right? It's very dramatical. So (laughs) very dramatically changed. So the the interesting thing is that um, right now we're going through a phase that they're calling um, kind of the, the Spotify change. And what that is, uh, if you notice, a lot of the really popular songs today are only about two minutes long. Yeah. Okay. So hit music was about three and a half to four minutes long back, you know, 30 years ago. And the reason for that was actually because of LPs, right? You can only fit so long of a song on a record. Yeah. So it was limited to that. Your song needed to fit on there if it wanted to be on radio or on any record. With the Spotify effect, the same thing's happening. The difference is, is that we're obviously not limited to length because you could literally put a four-hour, four-day, whatever song out that's technically possible. Yeah. The issue is, is how it's monetized. So Spotify's algorithm requires that someone listens to a song for X amount of seconds, and then they have to listen to it before it starts counting, and then they have to listen to it again for another X amount of seconds. Mm-hmm. There's a sweet spot, right? And it's about two minutes because I believe it's like 30 seconds in, they count the play and then another 60 seconds or something like that. They count it for the full duration or something, right? However, they monetize it. That's why 
so many of the popular songs now start out just with a big hook just off the bat. Yeah. It's changing the music we listen to. And that's why, again, songs are shorter because like, well, they don't need more than two minutes. We got your money off the stream. Why would make a longer song? Yeah. So it's, it's changing how we're producing music. The thing that like kind of bothers me is that again, going back to the comment I made earlier about like loving to own the whole album because albums are really like a craft piece, right? You hear, you know, your favorite artist is going back into the studio because they wrote 40 songs and they're narrowing it down to 12 or whatever the average is for an album. Mm. And you're like really excited because they're not just like one off hits. They're crafting something as an album. You don't really get that anymore, right? You get singles. No, no um, you get a lot of singles. So, for example, um, and I love this album, so I'm, I'm not bashing them, but Chainsmokers, their new album that just came out like two weeks ago. It's a really good album. There's like five songs on it that I love. That is actually a compilation of singles because they've released each one of those songs over the past like year as an experiment to see how does releasing a single work versus an entire album. So technically, only a couple of songs were new. The rest have been out. But it's just changing how music comes out. So for mm-hmm. people like me that love that album experience, it's kind of going to the wayside. That also is tough for indie as an independent artist because you kind of have to live up to that standard. You need a hit. If you don't have a hit, no one cares, right? Yeah. So you're not really encouraged to... like really embrace the artistic creative side you're kind of encouraged to make something that people can consume really quickly easily and then move on to the next thing hopefully put it on repeat anyway there's my rant for the day but I, i've really been thinking about that a lot oh, lately God, because i can breathe i know Damn, Brandon. i've just been thinking about it a lot because like every friday because friday is like the major release day yeah i always check what yeah. music came out? Yeah, Bri- Friday is Brandon's album Retrospect Day. <laughs> and he's been thinking about it every Friday. Every Friday. It's been bothering me make for sure like the you last You guys years. listen to this this Friday. Hey, we release on Fridays too. Hey, no, it's Friday. Hey, they don't know that. Oh, the, I mean, today's Friday. They don't know how the magic works. So, what's wrong with you? Yeah, we, we record this live. <laughs> it's not Sunday, three At months before. 5 a.m. What are you talking about? Anyway, so yeah, it's just it's it's interesting because I think of my my childhood and again my early adult life really and how I came to like love the music I love, yeah. which I too have a huge genre spread. Like if you look at my Did you say de genre? A huge genre spread. It's not delivery, it's de genre, just de genre of genre. I have a huge spread <laughs> of genre. <laughs> Um, like if you look at my play history, it goes from acoustic covers. Like I love Boyce Avenue of pop songs to heavy metal to K-pop. K-pop. Actually, K-pop does show up in there. My latest one has been RuPaul showing up. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Peanut, 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 That music video traumatized me. You watched it? We watched it on New Year's. It traumatized me. Don't look it up, everybody. Don't. Please don't watch it. Don't watch RuPaul peanut butter. I felt so many just awful emotions watching yeah, it. And but feelings. You learned anyway, a lot about yourself. My point was, is that, you know, I, I built my musical foundation in that way. And just thinking about like my kids and the stuff they listen to. It's just funny because you can see the impact that the, the one hit, the one stream hit yeah. mentality has. 
they don't really know the artists they're listening to. They know the song. They know the one song that you put on repeat because it's two mm-hmm. minutes long. It's just always in your face. You don't get any of that awesome buildup and like all that climax or anything like that. Well, it's kind of gone. Apple does a new thing too where you can discover playlists, not albums or artists or anything like that or songs, but playlists. Um, and it's not stuff that they curate. It's just literally like with Apple Music, you can tell it, um, uh, you know, list, show me some songs I might like. And they get out of the top 40 and they go literally to the songs you might like. I've discovered more artists doing that and listening to songs that I would never listen to than ever before. Like if you look at my favorites playlist right now, I've recently added over the last month, two months, like 30 different songs on there from these random people. Like what here, I'm going to make a suggestion right now. There's a really good one. The song is called fresh roses and it's by hold on, hold on rose freshes. It's by, I lost it. There we go. Fresh roses by Juke Ross. Like if you want to look something up, it's just like a super nice mellow song, but it's got a nice hook and, like if if he was popular or if he did stuff the Spotify monetization way, that song probably would have went off and everything. But because they don't and they stick to their art, they get that. I'm not saying that all artists are sellouts that do that. I get it. They make right. money, and you try to make your art around that because the goal is to make money. But yeah, I just don't agree with you know how things are, are done now, but it's not going to change. So I'm going to keep my Apple music subscription. You yeah. Know. I, I guess one positive, cause it sounds almost like I'm bashing the streaming industry. So don't get me wrong. I actually love streaming. Everything's going to evolve. It's going to change yeah. in 10 years anyways. Yeah. And I'm cool with it. So I'm not, I'm not really complaining about it. I'm just kind of thinking like, man, this is, it's different. It's a retrospect yeah. if anything, but I love the ability of having a streaming service. I, I actually don't care if I own my music, quote unquote, own because you technically don't. So like the ability, like I said, every Friday is kind of like the new album drop day. It's great to be able to just go boop, add the library. Yeah. Can't beat that. That's true. The other benefit is, is that, you know, myself, I've been looking like what it takes to get onto the streaming services. Like if I record something and I just want to have an album out there, uh, the barrier to entry is super low these days. There's companies out there that will do it for you. You can do it yourself as well. But uh, I'm trying to think of the one someone recommended me. I can't remember, but uh, like you can literally submit your song, you upload your album art, put the title, basic info genre and all that stuff. And you just say submit to and then you pick the streaming services you want. And there's like a one time fee and then bam, you're an artist on those. You'll be there in like a week. Mm. Like that's amazing. Like that's something that you would never be able to do. So if you really like those like independent artists or small time artists, like the idea of a music label is also slowly deteriorating. Yeah. So I'm at least hopeful that from the creative aspect, we will hopefully see more cool, artistically sound type of things because of that. So I'm really hoping that that shift occurs. And it looks like it's starting to, uh, at least in the smaller areas. We'll see. Yeah. Well, like, comment, and subscribe, everybody. This is Ben. Podcaster in the fray, too, man. Podcasts are getting popular again. No, which is cool. Not. They're not. They're not. I'm they not suck. saying our podcast, which it is. One. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Awful. No. Um, no, done. podcasts in general. Goodbye, everybody. Stop it. <laughs> Brandon's not listening to anything I'm saying. Nope. So, last last comment, and then we'll wrap it up. Oh, but my goodness. Podcasts are becoming popular. Again. How old are you now? It was a like very. 60 
Yes. You just need the world to listen to you? Back in, back in my day, we didn't even have podcasts. Mm-hmm. We had to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. And boomer. no one recorded it. Mm-hmm. Boomtastic. <laughs> yes. What was your last comment, Boomer? Uh, no, it, it's just... Uh, it's interesting because it's it's again the cycles of like what comes in the popularity and et cetera. And a lot of it has to do with culture in the sense of like how we consume. It has to go with enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Some say the average of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. If you were so to your look average at the mean, enthusiast the gradient would uh, would enjoy. So your average enthusiast, yeah, they would they would enjoy podcasts. I don't know if they would listen. And other forms of media. <laughs> Uh, they say that one of the reasons podcasts are coming back into popularity uh, is actually, again, because of mobile devices. So it's it's easier to access these things where pre-mobile devices, like if you had like an iPod, like an original iPod, you actually had to do some legwork to subscribe to a podcast and listen to it. Yeah. Now it's super easy. There's a dedicated podcast app on every mobile platform um, because there are more podcasts now. You can find something you like listening to. Uh, it's essentially today's NPR Right. People like talk radio and stuff. But they say that one of the main drivers is because people are commuting more in like metropolitan mm. areas uh, and even people that work from home because they're not in the office. They like having like conversational speaking going on around them yeah. because they're not around that all the time. See, all I'm hearing right now is this is just an opportunity for everybody right now to get in on the ground floor of this pyramid scheme. I mean, podcast to share to everyone he can. And don't forget to like that smash button and subscribe. <laughs> I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Let that, uh, uh, oh, my smash, face is melting. Like that smash button. It's the flap. Bye. Bye. a podcast you chose to listen to who do you think you make good choices whether you dare you have Brandon and Kendall talk about things that are cool we're feeling enthusiastic that you can be average too so dumb. <laughs> so dumb, Brandon. <laughs> Just all of them. <laughs>